And that was one thing that my mom really taught me was that, you know, I needed to set my goals high and set my standards high and never try to just scrape by. I should always, um, you know, shoot for the stars and one day I would be among them. And I certainly feel like that those have been words of wisdom that have guided not only me, but my sisters as well into the career path um, and lives that we're living now. Welcome to the Southwest Virginia Alliance for Manufacturing's Made in Southwest Virginia podcast. Each episode, we will hear from a guest about manufacturing in Southwest Virginia. Our guest will give insight into what manufacturing looks like today, manufacturing career opportunities, and exciting advances in manufacturing. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. In this Women in Manufacturing series, we are talking to women professionals and manufacturing companies all across the beautiful region of Southwest Virginia. I'm excited to speak to our guest, Melanie Proti Lawrence, president of Lawrence Brothers, Inc., located in Tazewell County. Lawrence Brothers is a heavy metal fabricator specializing in battery trays. The company offers a variety of services, including manufacturing, fabrication, mining solutions, and even custom gifts. Melanie grew up right here in Southwest Virginia in beautiful Bluefield, which is where she currently lives with her husband, two kiddos, and a 14-year-old Yorkie. Hi, Melanie. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Lenny Gell. Thanks for having me. So let's start by, is there anything that I missed in the introduction that you'd like us to know about you? Um, not that I can think of. I, I appreciate that introduction, and I'm just happy to be joining you on the Women in Manufacturing series today. Great. And your Yorkie's 14 years old. Wow. That's right. She's, we call her our grumpy old lady. And if you come <laughs> into Lawrence Brothers, she's often here. Um, in her younger days, she used to greet people at the door and oh. ask for treats, but uh, not so much anymore. Oh, so have you had her her whole life? Yes, we got her when Fernando, my husband, and I were just married. Uh, we got her several months after that, and so she was really our, our first child. Wow. You said that you like to travel. What are some of the favorite places that you visited? So actually, um, I started traveling when I was uh, relatively young, not as young as what my kids have been blessed to be able to start traveling, but um, I did a study abroad when I was at the University of Tennessee in Knoxville, and I lived in Spain for oh, six cool. months. Absolutely loved it. Fell in love with the country and the culture and just everything that Spain had to offer. Um, and I made a promise to myself that I was going to go back there. So once I graduated, uh, completed my undergrad studies, I did go back and live in Spain uh, for about two years and just teaching uh, English and living on the beach. And um, some days I wonder why I gave that simpler life up. <laughs> That sounds wonderful. But I do, I love going uh, to Europe for sure. Fernando's brother actually lives in Paris, and so we spend some time each year, um, barring the COVID year, of course, over there with, with him and with other family that live in and around um, that area. Okay. I've been, I've had the pleasure of visiting Paris and London and Ireland, and oh, it was wonderful. It's beautiful, isn't it? It is so beautiful. 
Your grandfather started Lawrence Brothers with his his brothers nearly 50 years ago. So you've been around manufacturing at some level your entire life. How did that influence your career goals as a kid? Did you always know, like, as a kid, this is what I'm going to do, is go into manufacturing? No, I don't think that I ever really thought that I would go into manufacturing. Um, I've definitely been around Lawrence Brothers um, for as long as I can remember. My grandfather started the business about a mile and a half from where we currently sit with his brother, um, to make mine battery trays for what was then Exide battery, is now Enersys battery, a um, multi-million dollar global uh, corporation. And then the business grew so quickly that we then moved to where the facility current sits, currently sits. We have about 80,000 square feet under roof. Um, so, I, no, I never really thought I would go into manufacturing. I was definitely interested in the family business. But I think as a kid, I just always thought... Um, my father would was immortal and would live forever and would always run the business. I come from a, a family of four girls, actually, so I'm the oldest. Okay. And um, I, I really didn't think I would end up in manufacturing. I thought I would end up living abroad and either teaching or just kind of traveling for a living, which certainly would be a fantastic career to have. But I'm uh, very humbled and honored to be back in Southwest Virginia and be serving the people of this region. Well, we're definitely glad to have you home. Thank I gave you. a short description of Lawrence Brothers in my introduction. What else should we know about your company? Uh, the only thing that I see that we didn't really talk a lot about is our transition um, out of coal. So when Fernando and I joined the business about 14 years ago, we were about 98% coal mining related. Wow. Uh, you know, that was where the demand was. That was the demand for the business being started back in um, 1973. Um, and we just kind of outgrew that. Uh, you know, obviously coal has always been a bit of a roller coaster industry to be a part of and, and therefore hard to budget and strategically grow a business. So that was one thing that we said from the very beginning was we've really got to diversify. Right. Um, my dad was in a position, um, obviously, as the sole shareholder of the business at that point where he was happy with the status quo, happy with the way things were going. Um, profit margins in the coal mining industry are uh, quite um, difficult to compete with, mm. but we knew that we could not continue to have all of our eggs in one basket. So that's something we've really been working hard on for the past decade, that our diversification strategy and have branched out into lots of other industries and coal mining right now only is about 25% um, of what our business uh, revenue is made up of. Oh, wow. Okay. So big changes. Correct. When I was on a Zoom call with you, I believe it was for the Southwest Virginia Economic Forum, you were speaking and you talked about how Lawrence Brothers has gotten into more customized manufacturing. Can you tell me more about that side of your business? That really interests me. So that's definitely something that we do, I think, more a, of a hobby. Mm -hmm. um, not something that uh, is a profit center necessarily for us, mm -hmm. but we love to be able to give back to the community and find uh, innovative and creative ways to help um, aesthetically improve our, not only our communities around, but other communities um, in the southeastern United States. So we have made quite a bit of um, outdoor furniture, home oh. decor that we sell on our, our website. You can find oh. it there right on our Facebook page and on our website. We have a store 
really that's just been kind of a creative outlet for my husband. So my husband's background is in um, information technologies, and then we both hold a master's degree in international law and international relations. So we certainly did not really think that we would be going into manufacturing, but yeah. that uh, education has certainly served us well uh, with regard to problem solving skills and, and troubleshooting and just in general being able to deal with the, the daily challenges that being a business owner um, bring about. Well, you talking about making the world a better place and giving back to the community. You had told me that Lawrence Brothers is really dedicated to giving folks a second chance. Can you tell me more about that and how you all do that? Yes. So certainly in the blue collar work environment, you get um, individuals that come and are looking for work from a variety of different backgrounds. Uh, you'll have um, people who have worked in the mines, people who have um, you know, worked in all kinds of different industries, but you'll also have individuals who um, are just looking for a second lease on life mm -hmm. or a second opportunity that have been, um, you know, in the prison system or in the, um, in the local jails, local and regional jails, and they're just looking for someone to give them a shot. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I have always, um, my father as well, we've always prided ourselves on being able to see past uh, what may be, uh, less than desirable on paper and yeah. uh, at least give people an opportunity. So uh, I began to formally start working with the local and regional jails to basically establish a rehabilitation program to where we could, they could work with their soft skills and their job skills on their side of it and then they could send them to me once they were able to, you know, be released um, and held the, the status of ex-offender and be able to come to me and I would guarantee them an interview at least. Yeah. Uh, so actually we have right now, uh, we're sitting at about 68 employees and probably 25 of those right now are people who have come out of the, the jail systems, the prison systems and are working you know, in positions as far up as shop foreman and, and leader of certain departments with us. Wow, that's a large percentage. That's, that's amazing. Tell Thank me you. what you love about manufacturing now that you're in it and you've been in it for a while. What do you love about manufacturing? I do really enjoy the people that I work with, uh, you know, from the guy who is out running our powder coat line to one of our guys that is on the forklift to my management people that sit here in the office with me. We all really, we, we try to establish a family environment here and we all know one another you know by name we know something about each other and we really just do well working together um, and enjoying coming to work every day mm -hmm. that's I mean 68 employees is not you know thinking about relatively is not a large company but to know things intimate details or personal details about pe 68 people that's impressive Right, and that's something that you know we really try to hold our place as a premier employer in the area, in the region, and by the way we treat people, by the core values of our business and how everyone is treated as an equal. We are all on the same team, we're all working and striving toward the same goal, and in order to do that, uh, you have to really look at every individual you know, as a, as a contributing team member, and everyone has, um, you know, at least they are able to communicate to us their concerns or their uh, suggestions and those are definitely taken into account when decisions are being right. made. Yeah, that's one of the benefits of a smaller company, but we even have some larger companies in Southwest Virginia and 
that do that. I think that's incredible because especially the millennial generation, that's one thing that they want. They want to be connected to their employer. They want to feel like they have a voice and that that voice matters. So I love to hear that. As president, you wear a lot of hats. And this is a phrase that I've heard a lot, especially in this job. I'm not sure that I ever heard this job or heard this phrase more than when I started this job, but manufacturers wear a lot of hats. And as president of Lawrence Brothers, you do as well. And I think that's an important piece of manufacturing that people miss. They expect manufacturing at any level when you show up to be monotonous. You're going to show up, you're going to do the same mundane, boring thing every day. You're going to clock out and you're going to come back and do it again. But that's not true. Can you tell us more about the hats that you wear uh, in your job as president? Sure. Um, I definitely wear many hats, as all of our management team does here, and you know, even our guys out in the shop. When we are interviewing someone, we ask them, um, you know, if they're willing to do pretty much anything we ask them to do, whether it's uh, cleaning off a tray or getting a box prepped to go out for shipping, to cleaning the toilets that day or sweeping up. And the people who answer with an enthusiastic yes are typically the ones that la that last and that do well and are successful here at Lawrence Brothers. Mm -hmm. uh, the same goes for our management team. So one of the primary things that I do uh, right now with Lawrence Brothers is that I really try to be our face out there in the community and I try to get us involved um, as much as we can in community projects and as well as looking for new business opportunities, networking with uh, other business owners and business leaders around the area. Um, you know, really my goal is to try to strengthen Southwest Virginia as a region and by in, in order to do that, we have to come together um, as an entire community uh, because that is what we are. It may be a large community if you look at the expansive region, but that's certainly something that um, that I would that I take take on as president of Lawrence Brothers. Um, one of the other things that I still currently do is I serve as our internal accountant and I make sure that uh, the numbers are where they need to be and that uh, we set out our budget for the year and make sure that our revenues are on track to be in growth mode each year. Um, and I'm happy to report that even though uh, COVID has been quite a, um, I guess a thorn in our side, it's, it's been a difficult year for, for sure for lots of people in the region, but we have still been able to continue growing. Uh, we have added about 25 employees this year, and we're actually adding a third laser, a brand new laser machine uh, before the end of the year. I believe it's scheduled to come in on Friday this week. So fingers crossed we won't get too much snow. <laughs> and oh, it'll be yeah. Mm -hmm. We probably have some folks listening that are either considering a job in manufacturing, maybe they're getting ready to graduate either high school or college, maybe their kids are considering manufacturing, or maybe they're even thinking about developing their career in manufacturing. What sort of advice would you share with those folks? You know, I would really, this is advice that I give people, um, you know, young middle schoolers or high schoolers that I speak with or people that cross my path in, in different walks of life. And to me, the most important and most eye-opening thing that you can do is to travel. So while Southwest Virginia is beautiful, you've got to get out of where you were born and where you were raised. You know, even if you're just traveling um, across the great country of the United States, or even if you're just going down to Florida, but get out of, get out of your comfort zone and push yourself, I guess, push yourself out of that comfort zone and that will propel you toward change, positive change. And that will serve as a catalyst to help teach you 
um, to open your eyes and see different perspectives. I think that's really the lesson that I learned in all of the different countries that I've lived in and I've visited is that the perception that you have from just staying in the small town or wherever it may be that you live, even if it's New York City, you still need to get out and be able to travel and see the world and learn different cultures. Um, it increases your level of tolerance, uh, your level of patience, and again, certainly um, adapts and grows that, pers that perspective so that you can then embrace challenges um, rather than, than shy away from them. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. So Melanie, according to Deloitte, women make up about 47% of the U.S. labor force, but only 29% of the manufacturing workforce. Why do you think that is, and how can we start making changes to include more women in manufacturing? Well, Lenny Gell, I'm not sure why the percentage of women in the manufacturing workforce is so low, but I would wager to say that it has to do with the stigma that, that, is, that manufacturing is a man's world. Uh, I don't think that people understand the wide breadth of uh, opportunities that are in the manufacturing world, whether it be, um, you know, at, for a female welder or for someone who, as a leader, as a manager, as a quality control person, as a president. I mean, there's nothing that out there to say that um, that as a woman you can't you can't rise to those ranks. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of it just goes back to mindset. And so that's something that, that we need to work on, um, breaking down that stigma, erasing that stigma, and changing the mindset of people that if it's something that they're interested in or something that there is a career opportunity that maybe they had never thought would fall into their life plan, um, but is something that would certainly provide well for their family, that, that is, um, that's certainly something that they should jump after. And that was one thing that my mom really taught me was that, you know, I needed to set my goals high and set my standards high and never try to just scrape by. I should always, um, you know, shoot for the stars and one day I would be among them. And I certainly feel like that those have been words of wisdom that have guided not only me, but my sisters as well into the career path um, and lives that we're living now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great advice. Melanie, it has been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for carving time out of your very busy schedule to talk to me and to participate in this podcast to support manufacturing in Southwest Virginia. To close this out, can you tell me one of your favorite memories from working in manufacturing? I think that probably one of my favorite memories, um, which may even be one of the saddest, but uh, or one of the most um, nostalgic or emotion um, evoking memories is, you know, our decision to not judge people by um, the cover, you know, not judge them by what they may have on paper or the way they may look, but by the content of their character. So to give those individuals who have, you know, been in jail or been in prison for um, whether it's larceny or petty drug charges or something like that, for them to walk through that door, and I've had this experience multiple times, for them to walk through the door, we will not only give them a job application, but we'll sit and have a conversation with them. Uh, if we see that there's some potential there, we'll often give them a tour of our facility, walk them around, show them what it is we do, and they're, you know, quite often very, um, very impressed with how clean and well-lit and organized our facility is. And, you know, sometimes we are able to offer a job to someone right there on the spot. And I have had multiple times when grown men have broken down and cried mm -hmm. um, because someone was willing to 
not give them a handout, but to extend them a hand up and extend them an opportunity to have a better life, to reintegrate themselves back into the workforce and find something that not only they may enjoy doing, but something that keeps them out of, um, you know, the criminal activity or the trouble that, that they got into in the past years. And then to see those individuals rise as the cream to the top, and, they, and a lot of them really do. We have some of those individuals still as a part of our LBI team uh, where they just are so grateful and so humble and honored to have the opportunity that they have to work with us that the sky really is the limit even for them despite some mistakes or mishaps that they may have had in the past. They can still rise to be a leader um, and to make you know, a very competitive salary and provide something um, where oftentimes even their, their spouse don't have to work. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's, that's a memory that uh, I hope to continue making for years to come, but something that certainly lets me know that everything that we're doing, all of the hard uh, decisions that we make and the challenges that we face on a day-to-day basis are all worth it. Mm-hmm. That's one thing a lot of people don't think about when they think of manufacturing is just how positively manufacturing impacts our community from providing jobs, the ways that they give back. Manufacturers are just such an incredible presence in our community and benefit us so very, very much. But thank you, Melanie. Thank you, Lawrence Brothers, for all that you do for the community and for the ways that you give back. Thank you, everyone, for listening to us today. And I hope you'll join us again as we speak to more professionals in manufacturing and show you all just what's happening in the area of manufacturing in Southwest Virginia. Thank you. That wraps up today's episode of Made in Southwest Virginia. Thank you to everyone for listening, and I hope you learned something about manufacturing in Southwest Virginia. Join us again next time for another great episode.